Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Today we're going to be talking about walking in the peace of God. And that verse says again in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other, none of this going off and doing your own thing. You may leave today and you'll be like, Well, I'm not really sure all of that what it was about, but that worship set was mostly good except for that one song that they sang. That's okay. I want you to relate with that this morning. Can we pray this morning before we get started? God, we thank you so much for this day today. Lord, I know that your presence is here with us today. I thank you, Father God, that you're always with us. Lord, that your word says that you never leave us and that you never forsake us. Lord, we ask, I ask for your anointing to deliver your word in such a way that it may prick our hearts, that it may encourage us to action, that it may cause and facilitate change in our lives, Father God, that we can go from the word of God to just only being hearers to being doers of carrying out your word of carrying out your principles of carrying out the things that you've called us to do and so god i thank you for supernatural comprehension attention retention and recall today father god and we give you all the praise and all the glory for it in jesus name Amen and amen and amen. So as we talk about this vision here, a vision for more, as I was praying, I said, God, what is it that you want for your people today? And the, the word that just kept coming up to me to talk about was peace. Just peace, walking in peace. Did you know that God desires that you live a life of peace? God does not want your life to be a form of chaos. He does not want your life to be a form of craziness. He does not want your life to be, man, this is triage. I got to go here and I got to go here and I got to do this. And I, ah, I'm so stressed out about all these things. He desires that you walk in a life of peace, in a way of wholeness. And we're going to talk about more of that today. And so as we talk about vision, part of the vision that we have in a vision for more is living and being in perfect peace. Let's go back to that verse that we started with, Colossians 3, 15. And I like this first verse here. This is in the Amplified. So let's do this. It says, let the peace of Christ... And I'm going to wait just a minute till you're able to get that pulled up. Colossians 3, 15 in the Amplified. This is so good. I need to get my Bible this morning. Switching gears here. Thank you so much. Colossians. Let's turn there real quick. This is so good. It's worth turning there this morning. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Chapter 3 and verse 15 says this. And let the peace. And there they define the peace. The peace is the soul harmony which comes from Christ. Where does it come from? Christ. It comes from Christ. It means we can't buy it on Amazon. We can't make it up. We can't build it. The peace of God from Christ. Let it rule. Let it act as an umpire continually in your hearts and deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. And in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body, you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always i love how it says there that this peace that comes from christ let it act as an umpire in your heart how many of you um watched the football game last week right the super bowl okay they don't have umpires they call them referees baseball has umpires but nonetheless it's still the same idea isn't it have you ever played a game without really having an umpire or a referee 
it's kind of chaos. Usually the coaches are going to argue about, well, that was a run. No, that was a run. No, that, no, he caught, no, he didn't catch it. No, it wasn't out, right? So there was these pieces in these parts here, touchdown or not, that we need an umpire or referee in that game. And so here in the game of life, we see that God's peace is our referee or our umpire here, which keeps us in our hearts and keeps in our minds any questions that arise about being peaceful. So I wanted to um, kind of talk about this just a little bit, and I have a video for us today um, for all of my chosen fans. This is a, a chosen clip. I'm going to set this scene here for a minute for us today. This We're jumping in on this clip in just a minute here of two people, Peter. We know Peter, Simon Peter in the Bible, right? And there's also Gaius. So we can go ahead and pull it up full screen. And Gaius is the Roman officer here. And the, the setting on this is that Peter has come in and he's having a pretty rough time in life right now. He's been out doing missionary journeys. He's been out helping Jesus. He's been out doing the things that he feels like Jesus has called him to do. He's actually, in this clip, actually fixing the well in the city. And he just found out after multiple days, it doesn't really tell us, after multiple days that his wife was pregnant he didn't even know that she was pregnant and that she miscarried and he didn't even know either one of those things now as a context here the bible does not tell us anything outside of the fact that peter had a mother-in-law right so the chosen series has come in and kind of made this a storyline if you will we didn't know if her name was eden we don't know all of these pieces but in this case this is where peter is and so he's struggling right now they've went their separate ways peter and his wife eden and he went to the roman quarter where he's not allowed as a jew okay so this is the background of what we're watching here let's go ahead and pull all the lights down on this one and it's kind of dark here but notice in this part you say how does this relate to anything this part here he he gives as a jew he gives this word shalom and so i want you to look at how he explains it and defines it and then we're going to talk about it um, in just a minute. All right, go ahead. We're going to need some sound. Uh, right here, Rick, on you have to turn it on. I'm sick, and I. Uh, it's okay. We'll turn I it up. I can no good. longer pretend that he's not my son, and neither can she. Silence between the husband and wife. It's poison. I, the longer you don't say something, the worse it gets. Trust me. I do not. You trust me enough? Just stick to your side of the street, Simon. Fine. Shalom, shalom, guys. Why do you say it twice? Well, once means peace. Twice means perfect peace. Wholeness. Well, that'll be the day. Yeah. All right, that's perfect. Okay, so a little clip here where we see where Peter says what? He says, Shalom, Shalom, right? He says, What does that mean when you say it twice? He says, Perfect peace. Perfect peace. So this is not a new idea here on this anywhere. This, this idea of shalom, shalom 
Perfect peace meaning nothing missing, nothing broken. And so if you watch throughout the series, and, and the series gives us a glimpse into the, the Jews in the Old Testament, and, and so we realize that a lot of times they say the word shalom. So I wanted just to read a couple of things on the history of this, and we'll tie it into our lives here today. So in Judaism, shalom is one of the underlying principles of the Torah, which is the book that they use, which is the Bible in some parts. It says, her ways are pleasant ways, and her, all of her paths are shalom. Um, great is peace, as the whole Torah was given in order to promote peace in the world. Um, we're going to move on. So there's another quote here that I really wanted to read. This is the best one. It says, the webbing together of God, humans, and all creation, injustice, fulfillment, and delight, is what the Hebrew prophets call shalom. We call it peace, but it means far more than mere peace of mind or simply a ceasefire between enemies. In the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. It means a rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed, a state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and savior opens doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that good? It's so much more. I'm going to read this very first thing again. And it says this, We call it peace, but it means far more than mere peace of mind or a ceasefire. It means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. If I ask you a question today and you said in your life, how many of you can honestly say you are in a state of universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight? Maybe some of us, maybe part of it, and we could say, hey, that's where our faith is set for, but if we're honest with ourselves, are there issues? Are there problems? Are there things in this world that, is there sin that has come in this world? Yes, absolutely there is. Are there problems? Yes, there's problems. There's things that we see and come up with when we come across, but shalom and peace is a way that just says, God desires us to walk in a state of peace, in a state of Everybody do that with me this morning. Take a deep breath. It's good, right? God wants you in peace. So let's think about that for a minute. Peace in your job. Do you have peace in your job? Is your job stressful? Do you have peace in your job? If you don't, what are some ways, and we'll talk about that today, what are ways that you can bring peace to that job? You know, the Bible says that we have God on the inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? In the Old Testament, or when Jesus ascended and uh, resurrected, the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. And the Holy Spirit left the Holy of Holies and now dwells in the temple of our hearts, our spirits, right? So now the Bible says that we are the temple of God. Isn't that incredible? That's a whole message in and of itself right there. And so we think about that we are carriers of God's anointing. We are carriers of God's presence. We are carriers of God's peace. So you have the power to be able to take God's peace with you wherever you go. The Bible says we are not as those that are powerless or have no hope. But Jesus said, greater things than these will you do. So can I encourage you for a minute today? God has given you more power than you think that you have currently. 
God has given you more authority. Well, through Jesus, has given you more authority to walk a victorious life here on this earth than you probably think. And so what does that mean? I don't want it to be religious. I want it to be practical today. I want it to be useful. And so when we apply it in our families, what does that mean? Well, if you're um, a married couple that maybe is bickering, fighting, arguing a lot, that's not really peaceful, is it? No, we talked about that a lot this last weekend and about how to ways to be able to do that, okay? What if you're not married yet? Okay, maybe your home is pretty peaceful. Maybe you just walk in. Maybe you say, it's too quiet. I wish there was somebody here with me. Okay, well, God hears the desires of your heart and he'll help you with that, right? He'll be there. He'll talk to you. He'll help you out. He'll encourage you. He'll strengthen you. And as you talk to him, he'll, he'll meet those needs. He'll, he'll take care of those things for you. Just encourage you in that. What about if you're in a place that you say, hey, man, um, it's chaos in some form or fashion. Again, God desires that you have peace. Are you picking up what I'm laying down this morning? And so as we tie this into our lives, we've got to think about practical ways that we can apply this peace to our lives. And so we're going to dive into that and see what God's word has to say about this here. Romans 8, 6 says this. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. I'm going to read that again. Romans 8, 6. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I don't really want death in my life. What does death look like? A lot of times we think death is like, well, I'm, that's laying down of this life. That's my spirit moving on to heaven or hell. It's a, it's a transition from this life here to the next life. But a lot of times death is used as a way of spiritual death. In other words, separation from God, right? In other words, the, the mindset on the flesh is carnal. What is, oh, there's so many pieces to this that I'm trying to really make this practical to you today. A mindset on the flesh, good, let's do it. Amplified, I love it which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? For the mind of the flesh. In other words, you, when your focus is totally on living life, but you have no thought or reason about consulting the Holy Spirit. How many of you, and let's be honest this morning, that your first inclination when a problem arises and comes your way says, Wait, Holy Spirit, let me check on that. Sometimes we just tend to be like, oh my gosh, this is a really big deal. I just got in a car accident and I'm freaking out. Right? Be honest. Or maybe the doctor gives us a report and says there's a lump somewhere on something and like, oh no, what does that mean? So as we apply this to our lives, then this says that the mind of the flesh is this idea. It's death. It, it doesn't bring any life in anything that comes with it. But the mind of the Holy Spirit here is life and peace both now and forever. So when we're living and walking and dwelling with God's help in this life, it's peaceful. It doesn't mean that challenges aren't going to come that the car wreck is not maybe we'll never face that but it says here as we walk through this 
here, God is going to help us with this. The Holy Spirit is going to give us the mind of God on this situation, and we're going to be able to walk in such a way that it feels supernatural. We're going to walk in a way that feels... Dude, I didn't even feel like I was there. It was almost like somebody else was controlling me. Yeah, the Holy Spirit was controlling you, right? It was helping you in that situation to be able to come through this. So I don't know what your specific challenge is. Like I said, maybe it's job, maybe it's family, maybe there's bigger things going on in life. God's desire is that you walk in a state of peace. Because as we link this back to the idea of a vision for more, if you're not walking in peace, according to the scripture, are you walking with the Holy Spirit in your life? I'll help you out. The answer is no. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's job here on this earth, I love the amplified version of this, and it says he's our comforter, our helper, our strengthener, our advocate, and our standby. When you think about all those words, his job is here. When Jesus left and went to heaven, Jesus said, I must go so that what? Another greater than I can come. The comforter who will help you. And when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, he comes into our heart to live and to dwell. But then the separate experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit then comes upon us for power to be able to be witnesses for to be able to share the ministry to be able to walk in the gifts of the holy spirit to be able to have supernatural wisdom in affairs when people all around are freaking out you're like oh okay holy spirit you just dropped something into my spirit right there and i know exactly what to do in this situation it's supernatural and so if we're walking in a place of chaos, a place of unrest, a place of looking at trying to reason it all out, which is what the world wants to tell us. Guys, can I be honest with you this morning? I teach science. I have, you know, science is all about the, the facts, reasoning and using your brain and putting the facts together and looking for patterns and looking for parts and looking for pieces and putting all of those together. But our faith says, hey, you know what? I believe in something bigger and something better and something that's a creator that made all of this from the very beginning, a supernatural design and a plan to understand that God knows my future better than I even know my past of thousands of fulfilled prophecies in the Messiah of Christ coming as our Savior and our Lord and bridging the gap for each one of you and I to be able to have the hope of heaven, to be able to know that God is for us and not against us, to be able to know that He brings us life and life more abundantly and not death and that He brings us peace and that He gives us hope and that we can live and walk as victorious in this earth. God desires that you have peace. He desires that you have hope, that you wake up in the morning excited for the day. So the challenge to you today really is to take this now, how, where you're at in your life and say, okay, Holy Spirit, your job is my teacher. You're my comforter. You're my helper. helper. What is my biggest desire of my heart? I'm going to set my faith. I'm going to ask that you help me in this situation. Yeah. Amen. Romans 8, 6. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. So an application piece to us today. Think about, is your mind being set on the things above? 
Is your mind being set on the things that matter, the eternal perspective, the things like raising your kids in such a way that they're loving God, that they're following after them, that you're instilling biblical moral principles on the inside of them, that you're helping them know the true right from wrong, that you're training them, the Bible says, in the way that they should go, and they will not depart from that. Amen. Turn with, if you would, with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And this account, if you want to go read it and look at it, is also in Matthew 8 and Luke 8. But we're going to look at Mark's account of this today. And so... In Mark chapter 4, Jesus here is teaching. He's giving parables. He's talking about the parable of the sower. He's talking about parables of the kingdom. And several different parables that he's teaching about. And the Bible says that there was multitudes around them all day. How many of you love to be around multitudes of people all day long in a throng of people? Some of you maybe for a while. But if you're there all day long, like, okay, maybe I could take a little break, right? If we're honest. So here is Jesus and here's the disciples. They've been with the multitudes of people. And we're going to pick up here. And Jesus says, um, Mark 4, 35. In the same day, when the even was come or when it was nighttime, he said, let us pass over to the other side. So he's talking about the Sea of Galilee. He says, let's get in the boat and let's sail across the boat. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and they, there were also with him other little ships that were following with him. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, do you care whether or not we perish or die? And he arose, rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly or greatly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So, Jesus told him here in some of these things, and let's dissect this here for a little bit. What did he say? He said, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves stopped. The disciples were in great fear, weren't they? They were worried that they were going to die. They were worried that they were going to die. Don't you think that Jesus probably had a pretty good idea to realize that that was going to happen? And he went and he did what? He said, oh, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> and here comes this storm in these waves. You ever had a situation in your life that you may feel like these disciples right here, where as they went and they were crossing the Sea of Galilee, and they were going and all of a sudden this storm came up. And they said, Jesus, why, are, why do you leave us in this spot? That we're going to die. We're trying everything that we know how to do. Can you imagine what those disciples were thinking? 
I think it's hard for us to really kind of understand because we don't know all the details about this situation. Right? Did they go get Jesus right away? Did Peter try to do it on his own? Were they taking a nap also? Were they starving from working all day and grumpy and hangry? Was the wind blowing the right direction that they were planning? Were their sails torn? Were they exhausted from bailing out water because the ship was taking on the water? Were they fighting with each other? No, you did this. No, you did that. Oh, it's your fault. You did this. Jesus said, go here. And it's dark. They didn't have their phone flashlights or their LEDs to turn on at the time. And so maybe they would have had some perspective of the orientation, but maybe they also had no idea if they were going to get being blown to shore in the rocks at any time soon and the ship be smashed. What would you do if you were one of these disciples? Probably some of the same things, wouldn't you? I don't know what they used for life jackets back then. But nonetheless, even if they put theirs on, how many of you have ever been in a really big storm with big waves? It's not going to do much, is it? And so here they were, they were scared for their lives. And they were afraid of the storm. Have you ever been afraid of the storm in your life? What's going to happen when you go talk to that person about a really hard issue? Man, there have been lots of layoffs at work lately, and I feel like I'm one of the ones that's next. My kids are not calling me or talking to me, and yet I still am trying to extend God's love, but I've been praying for years, and there's still parts that as a desire of my heart, but yet it's not come to pass yet. Whatever that storm may look like in your life. But Jesus, he was taking a nap. He was sleeping. So this shows, I love this because it shows Jesus' humanity. You say, well, Jesus is God. He doesn't need to eat. He doesn't need to sleep. Well, he's tired. He was ministering all day long. It takes a lot of work to be able to minister. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of preparation. It takes a, you know, you give it your all. You say, hey, God, I want you to use me in this awesome, powerful way. And so as you're led by God in that and, and other things that you do when you work and, and all of those pieces that go with it. But Jesus was asleep. He was trying to rest. Jesus was still asleep when the storm rose. So that means he must have been pretty tired, right? I just, I still really wonder, and maybe, maybe there's a part somewhere I didn't find it, but I wonder how long that they really waited before they went and got Jesus. I wonder if they were arguing. You think, Monty? You think they were arguing with each other? Go wake up Jesus. No, he had a long day. Leave him alone and let him rest. We can handle it. This is our job, guys. We're supposed to take care of this. <clears throat> he's going to be real disappointed if we can't simply sail the boat we're fishermen for goodness sakes can we not sail the boat across the sea right and so Jesus was not afraid he was not worried 
But there was great fear that was there with them. And so they went, and let's, let's read this again. And they said, when they finally awoke him, they said these words, Master, do you not care that we're about to die? <laughs> do you not care that we are perishing? You know, this also makes me wonder too, and I, I, really, I think this probably, I think, but again, we don't know the details. I think Jesus was letting them struggle a little bit. Because he said, let's go across the sea. He could have said, let's walk around. But he said, let's go across the sea. And he, he was sleeping. And so I think that, you know, it says he was fast asleep, that he was sleeping hard. He wasn't in fear. He wasn't worried about anything. He wanted them to use their faith. He wanted them because he had given them the tools to be able to conquer this fear. It's not just about the wind and the waves, guys. It's about the fear in our lives. It's about the struggles that we face. It's about the challenges that arise that come that we may not really realize what's going on or what's happening. It's overcoming that fear by having the peace of God. If we see here, Jesus never got out of peace. Did he? At least by what we know. Jesus said, dude, come on, guys. Right? Let's pick up here again. So he rose, he got up, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And in some of the other translations, it says that he said it forcefully, or he said it with authority. He said it with power. So it wasn't just, Oh God, peace, be still. Let me sing a song. Oh, peace, be still. Wind and waves, please stop. No. He didn't say... Okay, God, thank you for great faith today that you're going to really help me be able to... Okay, here we go. I'm going to pray. One, two, three. Waves, beast. He was confident, wasn't he? He knew his authority. He wasn't scared. He wasn't in fear. And he came up and he said, he knew that he had the power to be able to... He said, peace, be still. How many times in your life when you know and realize the power that God has given you on the inside that you address the situation with the faith and the confidence that Jesus had? How many times do you come forth and do you say so with authority and with power? Jesus knew who he was in the Father. Now, I, I, just, I sense in my heart that a lot of you are saying, but it was Jesus. Okay, if we go on further to read, Jesus says, but greater things than these shall you do. He said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You shall drink deadly things and it will not hurt you. You shall take up serpents, right? He didn't say go try to drink deadly things on purpose or do the snake dance on purpose. But he's saying if accidents or issues arise as you're serving me, I will protect you. I will take care of you. I will go with you my presence will be inside of you as you go forth ministering and doing and fulfilling the kingdom of God so as we see here Jesus said peace be still and what is the very next sentence and the wind ceased and there was a great calm 
I think that the, the, the principle of this story is so much more than just realizing the wind and the waves. It's about facing the challenges and the struggles of life, realizing that God is for us, who can be against us, that Jesus gave us the power to overcome the wind and the waves and the challenges in our life and to live in a way of peace. What is an enemy of peace? Storms. And the storms that bring the fear. And so Jesus then came in and He said, Peace, be still. And it was still. So I challenge you today, if there's situations in your life, whether they're spoken, unspoken, obvious, or not, speak to those storms. Find the promises of God in your life that deal with that situation. Don't just sit there just because you say, well... This is a good thing to say, so I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it confidently. And I'm, no, our words are nothing without faith in God. Right. Just as we read in that other verse, our reasoning, our thoughts are good. It's good to think. You've got to use your brain. That's why God gave you one. But at the same time, we've got to also step out in faith. The Bible says that without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Guys, we've always got to be in faith and trusting in God. Faith pleases God. It does not say mental reasoning and understanding and using your brain pleases God. That's good. We know that that part of it is without works, faith is dead, right? The Bible talks about that as well. We got to put action to our faith. We have to do what we know to do. But the Bible says that faith pleases God. And so when we're in faith, we're asking Him, we're working together with God. Faith with God is working together with Him, right? Come here for a second, if you would, please. This is my brother, Stephen, if you don't know. Glad he's here from Salt Lake. All right, we're like twins, but only like 10 years apart, so it's all good. He's got, he needs a haircut, but <laughs> he's looking better than me anyway. So as we walk with God, as we walk with God, we're like saying, hey, Okay, God's just waiting for us. He's gone. What he's going to do. And so I'm going to take a step. And then as soon as I take a step, you take a step with me. And then God takes a step. Right? We take a step of faith and we say, hey, I'm stepping out. It's almost like God's like ready to take a step. He's so eager. He's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, kid. I know you got the moment of victory right here. As soon as you like take a step, boom. He's always there with you. He's waiting for you. Thank you very much. To take a step, to be able to say, hey, take that step of faith and step out and do it and watch and see if I'll not honor my word and fulfill my promises. God wants you to live a life of peace. He wants you to live a life of hope. He wants you to realize, hey, you and me, we're in this thing together. I had a plan from the beginning of time. I got you. I love you. Those of you that are parents in this room, you love your kids. You want to see the best for them, whether they're four months, four years, 40 years or older, right? You want to see the best for your kids. How much more our Heavenly Father wants the best for us? And if you think that you love your kids so much, you, want to, you would, you know, sacrifice everything for them. We are children of God. His love 
manifest in Jesus, but His love is also manifest in a life of peace. His love, He's given you His Word, He's given you the principles, and He just says, hey, just step into them and walk in them. Just step into them and walk in them. Peace is not necessarily no problems. I think we already said that. But peace is ah, in the middle of challenges and situations that arise. You know, Psalms 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say we get to walk on the ridgetop around the valley of the shadow of death. He says, no, we're still going through it, but God, you're with me. You will never leave me. You will never forsake me. You'll never leave my children begging bread. Amen? Amen. So as the peace of God here, so let's get back to this story. So Jesus was strong, in, um, emphatic, powerful and confident and we can use that same thing in our life today if you're facing fear if you're facing challenges if you're facing struggles find god's promise and use that in such a way to be able to say no to this situation peace i command to this situation be still in this situation fear you have to leave and you have to go. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I refuse to allow fear in this home. I just heard on the inside of me, some of you need to not watch scary movies because that allows fear on the inside of your home. You're opening the door with your choice to be able to let that in. Uh, it's direct, but that's from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that's some wisdom to help you to understand. Hey, you may be letting fear in. Maybe not you. Oh, it's great entertainment. About your kids. Yeah. And more importantly than that, it's the spirit behind it. Yeah. Your, holy, you, you, your spirit can become callous. If it's something that you're used to, you can, you can realize, oh, it's just entertainment. It doesn't bother me at all. I sleep fine. I'm telling you, when you open the door to that, to let fear come in, and you try to use God's word, he says, hey, dummy, dude, just shut it off. Use your brain. Put the works with your faith and realize this is not letting in a spirit of faith. This is a spirit of fear. Or other situations that may come that I'm not even listening and talking about. If there's a situation that fear is being allowed into your home, into your spirit, you have to guard your spirit. You have to watch. Maybe it's books that you read. You've got to guard that because here, what did we just say? God's presence lives where? The Bible says that we are the temples of God. Do you realize that you can grieve the Holy Spirit? You can make him sad. Why? By making those choices where you're saying, hey, I'm not going to do what's best in this situation. I'm allowing fear in, but I'm trying to say, oh, the preacher said on Sunday that we can have faith, so I'm going to have some faith. Okay, situation, be still. Oh, okay, you want to watch it? Okay, sure, fine, whatever. Come on now. Just just to take it with love, take it with the greatest... Not with the even, no, not with a grain of salt. Take it from God's Word. Take it from the Holy Spirit. And apply it to your life if you need. All right. Thank you, Lord. All right. So, the disciples were very scared. Are you scared about other things in your life that you cannot control? We can come in 
And we can let the peace of God rule in our hearts like we first talked about. We have the choice to either trust God's promises by letting his peace rule or to rely on ourselves and reject the peace that he offers. So if we rely upon ourselves and our own reasoning and our own ability to work through the fear, the challenges, the things that may be coming against the peace in our life, We're rejecting the peace that Christ has given us. Oof. Does that make sense? Did I communicate that clearly? So if we just say, no, God, I got this, almost like the disciples are saying, we think, kind of coming in and just say, no, let's solve. We get bail water. Come on, we can do it. Come on, we can do it. But if you come first and foremost, say, Holy Spirit, help me in this situation. And where does that come? That comes from a life lived of a relationship with him that comes from your daily prayer walk that comes with hiding God's word in your heart that comes with that relationship you know we just talked about at our love like crazy weekend last weekend about how intimacy and spouses desire intimacy as it is based upon and intimacy is defined as closeness okay I'm talking about closeness I'm talking about connectedness I'm talking about really enjoying the moments of being deeply connected together that is similar to Christ and the church. What does that mean? He desires you as a church to be able to fellowship with Him, to desire that intimacy, to desire that connection, to desire that oneness of relationship that at any moment, at any time, you can recognize His voice and He hears yours. We know that the Bible says that He hears us when we pray, when we ask in faith. But a lot of times we may struggle and say, hey, oh, I'm having a hard time hearing the voice of God. Well, spend a little bit more time with Him. Spend a little bit more time with him. All right. So let God's peace rule in your lives. Peace is also a fruit of the Spirit. That as we allow the Spirit of God to rule in our lives, we will experience his peace. And that's in Galatians 5. So as we close today, I encourage you, number one, choose to let God's peace rule in your life. Did you realize you have a choice? You do. You have a choice. Maybe you get a little ways down the road when a challenge comes and you're freaking out. You're in your, your brainstem, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you're saying, but this doesn't make sense in this. And I'm so angry right now and all these things. And, oh, wait. Let the peace of God dwell in you richly. Let the peace of God dwell in your hearts richly so that you come in this situation. God, take a minute. Help me with this situation. Trust His promises to you. Trust His promises to you. Choose to say, hey, you know what? I'm not, I've been down this path often. I've been down this and it doesn't work great. God, I'm going to trust Your promises to me. I desire to dwell in Your peace. I desire to dwell in Your rest. I desire to live in a place of joy on a consistent basis that my life is not an emotional roller coaster that goes up and that goes down but it says no God with you and in you I'm consistent I'm stable I'm a good example to others around of Christ's work in my life doesn't mean I don't face challenges and problems that may come against but with God's help we're walking together through this we are more than conquerors we're overcomers as we walk through the challenges and the struggles of life don't let the storms of life bring you fear. Choose to not let that fear come in in your life. Choose to guard against it. The Holy Spirit will help you. 
If this is a new concept for you, if you had some eye-opening moments today to realize, man, I never realized that fear came in like that. Holy Spirit will help you. All you got to do is say, Holy Spirit, help me see these spots. Did you know that the Holy Spirit jumped at the chance? He's like a guy on the starting blocks running a track race. He says, I'm just waiting to help. I'm just, that's my job. That's what I'm doing. I'm waiting to help. Right, ready, let's go. And listening for that shot to be able to, and that, what is that shot? That's you coming and saying, Holy Spirit, I need your help on this situation. That's you praying in the Spirit and building yourself up on your most holy faith. That's you walking in that relationship with Him and going arm in arm with the Holy Spirit. Say, hey, we got this. There's never a verse in the Bible that says the Holy Spirit is scared or walks in fear. The Holy Spirit doesn't even know. The Bible actually says the Holy Spirit can tell you of things to come. John 14 and John 16. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit only speaks on behalf of the Father, which is the one He represents. Amen? Amen. Lastly, choose to declare God's promise of peace over your life. Even if you don't feel like it, faith says and sees the result. Faith is the title deed. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you're struggling with fear in your life, if you're struggling with challenges in your life, declare it by faith even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it yet. You have to get to the place and realize and understand that God's Word is more powerful than any situation, than any circumstance, than any challenge, than any struggle that I may face. This is the Word of God, and this is the truth. And this has been here before I came on this planet, and this is here after I leave this planet. God's Word is life and it's truth. And when we realize that the closer we cling to this Word of God, the better off we're going to be. We're going to be wiser. We're going to be richer. We're going to live in more peace. We're going to know more about things to come. We're going to be better examples of Christ. We're going to be able to walk more in the supernatural and be able to minister to people on a daily basis through things like word of wisdom, word of knowledge. We're going to come to the life and be able to hook up with people in the storms of life and say, hey, I'm going to hook up you with you on that situation and I'm going to say, peace, be still. Everybody stand, if you would, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So peace is a part of thinking about our vision for more, of understanding that as we have our vision, walking in the peace of God, walking in the presence of God on a daily basis, on a consistent basis, that fellowship, guarding against fear and things that may come in our life. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in more of the peace of God. I want to walk in more of the peace of God. The peace of God, the best way I've ever heard it described is just, let's do it again. Doesn't that feel good? You can take a deep breath and just, there's a spiritual component of it too. You know, it's just, I breathe, there's that song. I was thinking about this morning. I breathe in the presence of the living God. Breathe it in. Take it in. Heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word that has went forth. And God, I ask that Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, to be our helper, to be our teacher, to show us how to become a more better, better disciples with you and in you and through you. Help us to know and understand when the challenges that are there, that we can rely upon you, that we can ask you for your help, that we can call upon the promises that we've hidden in our hearts. And Lord, as we go about our, our day and as we go about our week, 
Lord, I desire that, that we're growing in you, that we're, we're maturing, that we're changing in you. So God, help us to be able to grow from the milk to the meat of the word of God. Help us to be the people that you can count on to fulfill your mission, to carry out the kingdom of God here on this earth. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Guys, you are a blessing. Do you know that? I don't care what your husband says about you. You are a blessing. <laughs> Discipleship training at 5 o'clock tonight. Hope to see you all there. Have a wonderful day. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.